What's up, founders, and welcome back to the In Demand podcast, where we talk all about how to reach your very first 1 million in ARR. I'm your host, Asia Arangio, and I'm the founder of Demand Maven, where we work with early stage SaaS companies on reaching their very first growth milestones. Let's do this. Hello again. Super pumped to be back. Okay, so today, today is going to be an organic conversation about qualitative versus quantitative insights. And the reason why I bring this up is because I've been seeing, maybe it's LinkedIn and the algorithm and just, you know, the algorithm algorithming. But I've noticed that there's a lot of discourse around, of course, the prioritization of customer insights, customer interviews, customer research. And then within the same feed, I'll also see the same conversation instead about KPIs, metrics. And what I think is really interesting is that there's this discourse around uh, almost like quantitative versus qualitative insights. And I really want to flip this narrative around because it's actually both. It's both of these things. And I want to tell you a couple of stories just from my own experience of prioritizing one versus the other. So, hey, I'm Asia. I run Demand Maven. Uh, You probably know me by now if you listen to the podcast. But I think the other thing to know about me and the work that I do is that originally I started very much focusing on demand generation and marketing. And then over the years, I have drifted more and more into growth work. Growth, not just meaning growth marketing, but, but specifically growth across the entire business. When we think about business growth, and especially business growth for SaaS, there's, of course, acquisition, which is where marketing does a lot of playing. That's like the playground for marketing. But then there's also activation. There's retention. There's engagement. There's monetization. And then that's the layer upon which, of course, SaaS businesses grow. But then there's also what who's on your team? What operations and processes do you have in place to enable this growth? And uh, what are the tools and data that you have that you can leverage to also support this growth? And what I find is, or what I've observed, I guess, even in my own personal journey is I started out very much focused on customer research. And customer research in many ways, was like the end-all, be-all. Customer research, you know, that's how you identify growth opportunities. And, you know, that's that's the source of truth. And don't get me wrong. When it comes to what you want to know about what to improve from a product perspective, from a, you know, how to, how to acquire the customer, what are, what's the psychology behind the customer and how they make buying decisions, this is where we also get into jobs to be done. So what are the struggling moments that trigger looking for a solution? And then what are the trade-offs that they make? What are the four forces? What what pushes and pulls them? What are the habits and anxieties that they have? All of these things that lead up into the, I'm I'm making the decision and the choice to now leave behind the old way of doing it. And now I'm adopting the new way of doing it. And what we find is to us, it seems so transactional, but actually there's this whole journey. There's this whole hero's journey that customers go through. And when it comes to identifying gaps and like what gaps to close, yeah, like the customer journey and customer insight and customer research, it's incredible. And then when you know what to do with customer research and customer insights like this, man, I mean, powerful, powerful stuff. Um, I mean, this is the reason why Jobs to be Done has been around for so long because it, it creates so much power and enablement when it comes to marketing and sales and the conversation around acquisition, and then even to some extent activation. What I think is interesting though, is as incredible and amazing as that is, there's still a missing component of the quantitative. 
And that's not to say that quantitative is better or special. It's just different. Customer research and qualitative research in general tells us the why and also the how. Quantitative research and insight tells us the what. Well, what actually happened? Where are we at actually? How are things performing? And what's really fun about quantitative insight is that you know, you can crunch numbers all day long. And I actually find that to be a very satisfying part of the process of identifying growth opportunities for companies. But even quantitative insight alone can't necessarily tell me, you know, like why things happened. Numbers don't tell us the why. They only really can tell us the what. So let me give you some examples of quantitative. So you already know, generally speaking, qualitative stuff. So qualitative is customer interviews, research, surveys, uh, going out into the vast internet and finding reviews and finding what people are saying about the market and talking to your sales team or whoever, your marketing team, your product team, and getting their thoughts, their, their insights and opinions about who the customer is, why they buy, what's going on. But then there's also the flip side of this, which is the quantitative side, which is it's, it's all the numbers. So it's what percentage of customers uh, have this particular attribute or it could also be, what's the conversion rate of this particular segment into the funnel? Or what's the website conversion rate? Or what's our retention uh, uh, our retention rate? Then there's, I mean, there are, the numbers are endless. There's like daily active users and monthly active users and um, the activation rate within the first three steps of our onboarding funnel. And like, what's the drop-off rate? There's a ton of numbers that we can look at. What I think is really interesting, though, is when you combine qualitative and quantitative insight then you start to see certain patterns emerge around where the gaps are. And also, qualitative insight can often validate and provide color and context to what you're seeing quantitatively. And then also a little bit of vice versa. So sometimes there are things that we surface and unearth in surveys, in customer research. And we find that when we go and we do our quantitative analysis, we're seeing something that validates that entirely or it matches. And then also sometimes contradicts it. So for example, in the times of validation, it's pretty obvious. So you might have a really low activation rate, for example. Maybe very few people convert from trial to paying customer. Maybe you've got like a 10% activation rate uh, on the trial and self-serve B2B SaaS, which would be lower than average. And you're like, okay, well, like what is going on there? Why is that? You talk to customers and then you start to realize that not only are there gaps in their understanding of the product, but you might also realize that you've been attracting maybe the wrong type of customer. Or maybe you unearth uh, the fact that they didn't even know that you had you know, onboarding or activation materials. Or maybe your onboarding experience was almost too short. <laughs> like like they, they maybe put in their name and their email and that was it. And then they got in and like there was nothing, like they weren't sure what to do next. Um, maybe they were put into an empty state and it was too much heavy lifting to to think about much or do anything else. And that's why the conversion rate was so low. So you might do research like that, maybe even UX research. So maybe you um, get strangers or trialists who fit the ICP to to go through the experience and have them talk through their decisions and what they're thinking and how they're experiencing it. I mean, there's so much qualitative stuff that you can do here, right? And it all started with that quantitative metric. Uh, you identified that your activation metric was low. So you can use qualitative insight to understand what the hell happened. Why is it so low? But then there's the flip side to this where 
Um, so validation is easy, in my opinion, at least. Uh, validation is, is pretty obvious, but sometimes there's contradictory information. So for example, maybe you see that your net new user retention is really low. So someone signs up and you find that out of all the people who signed up, maybe after 24 hours, 80% of them churn, leaving you with 20% new user retention rate after the first 24 hours. And then maybe it drops even lower. Maybe it then goes down to like 5%. Not great, right? So in this particular scenario, we do, we're inspired now to do qualitative insight or qualitative research. Pull up a, a few customers. And what we find though is that from from like the qualitative perspective, at least customers, the customers who get it, like seem to really get it. And like, they don't really seem to drop off the face of the earth after the first 24 hours. Uh, and it's really confusing. And you're kind of like, hmm, this is odd. And so then what ends up happening is you might end up thinking, hmm, either my data is wrong or the customers are wrong. Or maybe, which is the third option, maybe I haven't just been talking to the right people. And or maybe my data actually needs to be segmented to really focus on people who take these steps. What does retention look like if that's the case? And then this, it, it, it kind of forces you to think of more and more questions. And what I love about this process though, is uh, my favorite part of this process, honestly, is the digging. I love the digging. I love the, uh, oh man, we're having some stuff here that doesn't seem to align. Let's figure out why. <laughs> I, I like the answering the why, that's great. Uh, I am uh, maybe, I don't know if this is unique to people in growth, but I have the patience required to to really dig deep and to figure out like what is going on. Um, not everyone does, which I totally respect. Uh, I too can be extremely impatient about certain things, um, but I, I love the digging process. That's the best part in my opinion. But what I find is that it wouldn't have hit the same way if I had only looked at the numbers. Like if I had just looked at the numbers I probably would have just assumed that like, I don't know, we suck and that like no one's getting, like no one's getting it. But after conducting qualitative research, I might discover that like, oh no, it seems like some people are getting it, but then there's another batch of people that seem to not be getting it. So what's the difference between these two batches of people? What is going on? What about their context? What about maybe even like their qualification status? Like, are they actually qualified in the end? Um, it could also, I mean, it could be a myriad of things. It could be, I read the website and I thought you guys did this, but when I got in the product, it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. It could be a number of things. And we just would have no idea the why. Of course, we can use all kinds of analytics platforms to surface this quantitative data. Um, but what I love about combining both is it just gives you more information about the why. Because remember, a number can't tell you why something is happening or how it happened. It can really only tell you the what. What was it at this point in time based on the date and the time that you're looking at the number? That's really it. It can only tell you what. What was the bounce rate? What was the conversion rate? What was the overall impression number? Um, what was the blah, blah, blah? What was the MRR? But it can't tell us how we got there and why that number is the number that it is. We can really only do that with qualitative insight. Customer research is just one example of that, but there's others. There's the stories that you and your organization tells internally. That's qualitative information. There's information that you gather from customers, but then there's also information that you gather from audience members. There's information that you gather from other insight, uh, or excuse me, uh, thought leaders or market leaders in your industry. 
There's all kinds of qualitative information that's out there that can't necessarily be measured, but it can be stored. It can be internalized. And uh, of course, it can be championed. And on the flip side, however, so when I think about the work that I did years ago with qualitative research and qualitative insight, which we still do, of course, um, and again, like I, I'm really making the argument that it's actually about both. You really need both. Numbers alone cannot give you the context that you need. But I would also argue, too, that when you are talking to customers and gathering qualitative insight, uh, maybe you're conducting audience research, maybe maybe there is a very strong practice that you have uh, around insights gathering on the qualitative side. But what I find, though, is that this is also still incomplete because when you look at business performance, business performance tells you uh, potentially at least where to focus on. That might not always be crystal clear when talking to customers. In fact, when talking to customers, you might feel very overwhelmed by how much, uh, how many gaps there are. Well, how how good or bad is this in the end? <laughs> and you might not necessarily have that context if you were to only talk to customers. Customers can't necessarily tell you what's not working in your business, but what they can tell you is what are their needs, where do they want to go, where do they want to hopefully see you go if possible. And what are they experiencing? Who are they? What do they need to hear? What do they desire? Um, what do they want? And while they might not necessarily be the best product managers, like they're never going to be able to tell you exactly what to build, they will at least tell you how they envision it. And then our job is obviously to translate that into meaningful value. But a customer can't tell you, oh yeah, your website conversion sucks. <laughs> or and, and here's why. Um, they might be able to give you insight about the why, but if you're conducting the research, you might not necessarily have context for like, okay, but like where in the business do we really need to focus things and therefore focus this research? And I think you ultimately do need both. You need both. It's not one or the other. I, I, while I do believe that companies certainly can use qualitative insight to grow their companies, at some point it's going to come down to also the quantitative side. So what KPIs are we actually trying to improve? And then conversely, I think if you just look at the numbers and never once explore the why or the how, you're going to have a hard time too, because the numbers are going to feel like they're telling you something. But what they actually are doing is they're making you make a lot of assumptions. And unless we use qualitative information to validate or disprove those assumptions, then we're also going to have a bad time. We could be easily going down a road that doesn't actually pan out in the end. So all that to say, I want you to be thinking about where you are strong in qualitative insight, where you're not strong in qualitative insight. Do you actually collect this information? When you look at KPIs and numbers, do you have a moment where you fact check yourself and you say, do we have proof or do we understand why this number is the way that it is? Sometimes it's not always research, but sometimes it's simply team knowledge, internal knowledge. Like, do you know why your website conversion rate is not as good as it could be, or your trial activation rate is not as good as it could be, or you know your close rate isn't as good as it could be, or whatever it is? Like, do you have context for that? Do you understand that? That's your qualitative insight. Customer research always won't always be able to answer those questions, but I think you know eight times out of ten, I find that it usually does in some kind of way. So, are you collecting this? Do you have a process for capturing that information? Um, I would also think of this too as like retrospectives. So if you conduct retrospectives in your organization, meaning you execute a project or you uh, execute an experiment or whatever, and 
As a team, you discuss, how did it go? What did we learn from this? Retrospectives are another example of qualitative insight. It's the discussing the why. Now, ideally, we have some real data behind it. Like maybe we have real voice of customer, or maybe we run a website survey, or we run a regular survey, or we conduct interviews, whatever. Ideally, we have like actual real voice of customer here. Um, but if even if you can't, having that retrospective creates qualitative information. And the quantitative gets supported in that way. And then also, you know, of course, proven or disproven, or at least having context around them. And then on the flip side, do you have a practice for uh, collecting, measuring, and responding to quantitative insight and information? There are several teams out there. I know for I know this for a fact because I've worked with some of them, but there are many founders out there and growth teams that, uh, believe it or not, don't have product analytics or don't have subscription analytics. And sometimes not even website analytics, which is like, you know, back when UA and Google Analytics was more of a thing. I feel like GA4 has turned off a lot of people. But back when you know, Google Analytics was almost like the baseline, the standard, uh, this box was usually checked. But interestingly enough, I'm finding more and more people are just not about the GA4 life, which I understand. I get. But anyway, I won't wax poetic too much about GA4. But do you have a process for collecting qualitative data? Qu- excuse me, quantitative data. Quantitative data. Do you have a process for this? Do you have the necessary tools to be able to understand this? Or is it still largely manual? And even if it is manual, do you have the templates or the spreadsheets or whatever it is that you need to be able to crunch numbers when you need to really understand what is going on in the business and where? Uh, I, I, one of the things that I do is a growth audit. And part of the growth audit is to is to collect a lot of this quantitative information. And I've done this with companies that have had, uh, that have you know, no subscription analytics and no product analytics. And um, usually me making the founder crunch those numbers oftentimes is the first time they've ever crunched those numbers. <laughs> and um, the good news is that once they do it once, they know how to do it again. So if they ever want to redo the growth audit on their own, they have a, they have a framework and an approach to do it. Uh, but what's really interesting though, is that there's even more quantitative insight to be gathered to really understand the performance of the business and where the big drop-offs are happening. And, uh, I I can tell you for a fact that if, if you, if you don't have a really good foundation here, or if you don't have a good enough foundation, it's going to be really hard to identify where the gaps are actually happening. And then also when you conduct qualitative research or gather qualitative insight, you might not even really know also how to frame that research or how to frame that insight. This is why our the growth work that we do now combines both. You need both. Both are important. And if you're not doing either of these, I really hope that this is inspiration to really start planning for this. You know, this is we're at the end of like we're basically at the end of 2023. It's November at the time of, at the time of me recording this. And if you are hoping to do any kind of annual planning or 2024 planning and you're not taking a look at the quantitative stuff and the qualitative stuff, backing it up, you know, like with what you're seeing, then planning is going to feel more like throwing darts with a blindfold on and you're just like crossing your fingers, you hit a bullseye when actually we can actually make this process much easier by having both. Okay. Thank you so, so much for listening. 
I really, really hope this inspires you to really think about the balance of both of these things within your organization and also to have conversations about some of the metrics that you're gathering with the mindset of what qualitative information do we have that either supports this, disproves this, or forces us to think maybe even more strategically about what we're capturing and why it's happening. Because remember, the numbers alone cannot tell you why and it can't tell you how. It can only tell you what. And then vice versa, qualitative insight can technically tell you all those things, but it can't necessarily point you to where in the business does growth need to improve? What specific KPI are we actually improving? And therefore, like, what is it today? Like, qualitative information won't necessarily be able to tell you that. So you will need quantitative insight. Uh, It's not about one versus the other. It's both. It's both. It's both. You need both. And if you're serious about growth in your organization, you will use both. Trust me and believe me when I say uh, I don't really see a whole lot of companies growing without using both. I Sometimes you can get away with getting some growth with just one, but I find when you use both of these, massively powerful. All right. Thanks again. I hope this was helpful and unlocked something for you. And until next time. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. To learn more about how to reach your growth goals for your SaaS business, head on over to demandmaven.io. You'll find all kinds of free resources, articles, and content. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll see you on the next one.